Kia ora and hello, welcome back friends, welcome to new listeners. My name is Dee and this is my podcast about my journey to the inner self. So I'm just going back through my notes that I've made in my notebook from the last um, three months. Uh, I just started with last week and there's some stuff in here that I don't even remember writing and it's really cool to be able to go back and reflect on the stuff that I've obviously absorbed at some point. And I think that all of it is inspired by stuff that I'm generally reading um, or listening to on podcasts. Um, And something, a couple of highlights that I thought I'd just pull out for you, um, just as like little... I don't know. Yeah. Let me read you the highlights of my journal, (laughs) of my brain, of my thoughts, of my being. Um, So, so one night a few weeks ago, uh, Sean, my partner, and I were lying in bed and I was thinking about the podcast and thinking about where to take it, what direction to take it, whether to just keep doing what I've been doing and sharing things I've been learning and things about myself or whether I should um, narrow it down and have some sort of pattern or theme to it or call call it something different and be like I'm going to do a shower series which is all about my thoughts in the shower which (laughs) Sean was like I don't get it I was like well I feel I feel like I think about a lot of random shit when I'm in the shower Um, and cool stuff as well I'm just like reflect on my day Um, I think there's something about being around water it's like the same way like when I'm in nature I get really reflective and he was like, oh, I don't know. And um, anyway, I was thinking about the podcast and I asked if, I was like, will you chat with me? Like, can we do one together? I would really love to share some of our pillow talk. That sounds really intimate, but like we talk about everything and anything when we get into bed. Some nights, some nights we just like stay on our phone or some nights I read and yeah, um, or we chop and change. But then we have some nights and when I say some, I reckon at least like once a fortnight where we'll chat for like two hours, three hours and we'll go real deep on stuff um, and really explore each other's thoughts. And like sometimes it gets like borderline heated because we're kind of pushing different opinions of something, but it's quite fun. Like we quite enjoy a little bit of a healthy debate and we always learn something about each other through it. So we really, I really love these chats and he, I think, I think he does as well. <laughs> I just caught myself trying to assume I know Sean's feelings but one thing I have learned in our relationship is never assume that you know how each other are feeling <laughs> um so anyway I read this uh note in my book from our chat um reminding me that I'd asked him if he would come on this podcast or my podcast and just be like himself and just have a yarn about our relationship because we have some really cool chats and um he was like nah no, nah, not keen on that, eh? And I was like, oh, but just do what we're doing and like just chatting like this, but we'll just have the mics going. I'll edit out anything you don't want, even though I try not to edit it, blah, 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 blah. Um, and his response was still no. And then when I asked why, he responded and I wrote this down. No one gets to know me, DN. I don't want to be seen. And I was like, oh, yeah, true okay so that's the complete opposite to me and we both laughed and he was like yeah I know he was like that's that's not my idea of a good time like 
I don't want people to know my thoughts, my intricate thoughts and my my emotions and my feelings about things. And I was like, why not? Get vulnerable. Get vulnerable with me. And he's like, I don't want to be vulnerable. He's like, I'll be vulnerable with you, but not with potentially anybody in the world that could listen to this. And then it's out there. It's out there forever. And I was like, yeah, there's definitely a weight to realizing that I will be held accountable for everything I've said in the past, whether it be right wrong backwards um and some of it has been I think like I actually think that's why I stopped recording for a bit was um I was I forgot that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of energy to um share so much with people um and I guess in a way that's like actually my gift but I shut it out because I felt like there was a time where I needed to stop and listen more instead of talking and listen, that, that's listen to myself, listen to those around me to learn a little more. Um, and then maybe hopefully come back with more to share. Um, I think that's a really important thing that I've learned to do in my life. Only recently, probably only because of COVID last year and that all that downtime was like allowing space for reflection. To just like sit back, take a breath and look at who you've evolved into. Um I didn't used to do that at all, really, um, like really check in with myself. And maybe that's something that comes with age and comes with maturity and growing up. I don't know. Or maybe it just comes with um, creating time and space for that. And I think it's so important to do because so often we can criticize. I, I don't know. I'm really self-critical. And I think a lot of the time I didn't stop to, to check in because when I did, I'd be overthinking something I'd said or thinking of getting anxious about something yet to come. And when you're sitting in that anxious energy of your own, it's not that nice. But I've learned, I think, to to sit in myself and to, to be aware of how I'm feeling and to be really accepting of that and to, to say to myself, yeah, this is okay to feel tired or to feel like I need to have a rest or it's okay that I feel anxious about that or it's okay that I feel nothing about that. Um, you know, just really validating my own feelings but also allowing space for them and that's something I just didn't prioritize and didn't do enough and now that I do more of that, I feel so much better. So how, let me ask you, how are you? How are you doing? Have you checked in with yourself today or this week? Are you doing too much? Are you taking care of yourself? This podcast continues in just a moment. I think that so often, like, our head gets in the way a little bit. We get too busy. Um, We want more. We expect more. We strive for more without creating some space. And it's like rejuggling your calendar, you know, like to allow some downtime for yourself. But actually it's freeing up space, time and openness in yourself, in your being and kind of surrender, surrendering to grow um, or to acquire some new skills or self-improvement. But when you're in that space, it's really, um, yeah, it's it's vulnerable and it takes a lot of courage to, to push through and to keep self-evaluating. Um, and I definitely like... Actually, Brene Brown calls it rumbling, like rumbling with vulnerability. And when you're in that space of rumbling, it's it can be rocky. It's like being in a rocky boat <laughs> in a bad storm. Um, so yeah, like 
One thing I uh, realized during my a self-reflection session, um, which is also noted in my journal, um, was that I've grown up being a knower, um, <laughs> not N-O-A-H in an arc, um, <laughs> a knower, um, K-N-O-W-E-R. So someone like pretending that I know stuff that I don't, or also known as like making up that story in your head or filling in the gaps. Um, and that was, I think, Firstly, I probably learned that to try and keep up with my older sisters. And then secondly, I think when I got to school, I was doing that when I was playing the leader role with my friends. So I used to take on leadership roles very, very strong. I was very confident. Um, and then I had to maintain, as I got older, I had to maintain that confidence in order to feel like I was being myself, I guess. That was the identity I created for myself. But also, I believed that confidence led to success. Um, and that's true in some aspects, but not in all. Um, and what comes with that is being the person that fills in the gaps a lot with a story. And when I'm talking about that, I mean like, say something happens in the playground or something happens at work or in your family and you're retelling it to somebody else and there's bits missing of the story because maybe you weren't there for the whole thing or someone else has told you about it or and what we do is our brain actually I learned this in a book I was reading recently um our, our brain produces um dopamine the um like happy feeling that we get from like exercise and some alcohol and sex and stuff like that um so re releases dopamine in our brain when we hear a complete story so when there's a start a middle and the end our brain registers that as a co complete story and what our brain also does is if it doesn't have bits in the middle of that story it will fill them in so it's it's known as um, confabulation so to confabulate a story and it's not that the whole story whole story is false or that you're just straight out lying but we are just filling in the gaps and I'm sure we can all relate to times that we've done that um, but for me I was like oh my gosh this has been my whole life <laughs> I've done so much of this and I was sharing this with Sean one night um, so in that reflection I then realized like I've come to realize that being the knower, in inverted commas, um, allows no room for curiosity, for vulnerability, right, and for learning. So when you're in a space of knowing everything, then you leave no space for growth. Um, so yeah, another thing, I let me flick to another page, because um, I've done like starred stuff that I think is cool. Um, something I wrote on Wednesday the 26th of, that'll be February. Um, is vulnerability and courage and the ability to hold both at the same time. So um, it kind of comes back to previous podcasts where I've really talked about b being in a space between your head and your heart or being able to engage both the head and the heart in your decision making. Um, and I think something that I've always struggled with is how much empathy to give um, to people and to situations. Um, and something I've learnt over the last few months is how when you self-shame yourself um, for doing something wrong, saying the wrong thing, or for not acting the way that you should have, um, there's shame attached to so many things, right? And so everyone knows what it's like to feel shame, but to be, you're often your own worst critic. Um, but the best way to tackle that is with empathy. 
and I'm really good at showing empathy to other people, but I haven't always been good at showing empathy to myself. Um, and so it's it's a whole self-love thing, right? Like staying true to your values and acknowledging um, that the shame that we feel around things, the best way to come out the other side of that is with courage and compassion for ourselves. Um, I just think that's so important. We don't do enough of that. We'll, and whenever you, the best way to, to, to quickly um, trigger this, this process and to stop yourself in the middle of a narrative where you're shaming yourself about something is to go, okay, Deanne, if I was to say this out loud to my best friend right now, what would she say to me? Or reverse it. If my if my sister or Sean or my partner or someone at work was to tell me that this is how they felt about something that they had done, said, um, thought, would I put that level of shame on them? And the answer is, I reckon, 95 to 99% of the time is no. And so just showing yourself the same courage and compassion that you and empathy that you would show that friend or that sister or that partner um it yeah that's so important this chat with d continues in just a moment so there's this really great term that i've learned called um comparative suffering and that's when for people who are empaths and people um, who feel others' pain really easily um, or allow themselves to, there's a danger in that and being slipping into the comparative suffering zone. And that's when you're like, oh, they're suffering and therefore I should suffer too. They're carrying a load, so I should help carry the load too, you know. When you, you think back on times when you've you've crossed the line of how much empathy to give somebody and moving into a space of comparative suffering, that can be really dangerous for yourself and for your wider, for your um, well-being. There's a quote I've written down here that says, um, if struggle is being down a hole, then empathy is not jumping into the hole with someone who is struggling and taking on their emotions. Um, and that, I've definitely done that. And that's just, uh, I guess, like learning that you don't need to save everyone. Um, and sometimes that energy is better spent inward on yourself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like very lucky that I have the ability to empathize and to see the world. I'd like to say, to, I was about to say to see the world how others see it. But the truth is we only have the lens that we have um, that we're looking through. So we can't really see the world through another lens. But what we can do is really honour people's perspectives as truth, even when they're different from ours. Um, I was lucky enough to be raised in a family um, surrounded by role models that always taught me to be really grateful for what I had and also to, to see other people's pain and suffering. But something I really struggled with last year and still am struggling with is that even though I feel like I am an empath, I think I have just really come to terms with the fact that um, it's really important to know when to create space and how to create space between how much you feel about any or every given thing and how much time you spend thinking about those feelings or giving your energy to it because it can just be really exhausting. I feel like so many people would be listening to this and being like, duh, Deanne, like, <laughs> you're number one, look after you, that's what Sean would say to me, you're number one, um, 
but you know that it is something that I think that we have to learn it's like a rubber band in ourselves we learn to flex it stretch it out sometimes how much we we give other people and then when to rein it in and when to to just look after ourselves it's another cheeky little interlude stay tuned Um, yeah, anyway, I, I think it's important for you to know if you're still with me and you're still listening and you've either been listening all along or you've just tuned in or you've, you've listened to a couple. Um, I think that's kind of the beauty of this podcast is that I, I jump around my thoughts and feelings quite a lot. Um, I hope you enjoy hearing about what I'm talking about. Um, but something I think I can wholeheartedly say is that I've really implemented a lot of what I learned last year and a lot of what I shared on these podcasts um, because I've been practicing it every single day and I've been reading back over my notes and I've been carrying on journaling and carrying on reading and talking about it with people and getting inspired and I'm now in an environment which really fosters this as well. Um, So for those who do not know, I have started a new job. I am six weeks into it. And it's kind of the dream role for me. Uh, I'm really, really pumped to be working for this company. Um, so they're a company called Tafiti Festivals and Experiences. And they're the company, the overarching creative force behind uh, the New Zealand Festival of the Arts, the Wellington Jazz Festival, um, a Song Quest uh, opera singing competition, uh, and a company called Second Unit, which puts on um, some pretty amazing productions, and a whole lot of other bits and pieces. So it's a company that is solely in the arts, um, and I am working in the office uh, as a PA slash EA to the creative director. Um, and the leadership team is a team of seven made up of uh five females two males and then the rest of the company are all females um and the only reason i feel like that is really worth mentioning is because i have never worked for a company that is managed and run by so many strong women and inspiring people in the arts and it's a real pleasure to be around it's a real different energy in the office and i bloody love it so very grateful to be there uh, my days are just like Monday to Thursday and at the moment probably will go full time as we kick off in festival season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I feel really excited and it feels very full circle to be coming into this job because I didn't think I'd end up here. <laughs> if someone had told me last year that I was going to end up working full time, being paid in a job in the arts, I would have been like, haha, you're right. That's been my dream for like as long as I can remember. Um and for those who didn't catch this part of the journey into this job, holy heck, the day that I went for it, the interview, I was so prepared, so nervous, so excited um, just to be in the room with um, two incredible women to get a chance to meet them and to put myself forward and be like, I want to work for you, I want to work for this company, I want to do this job and I can kill it, I will absolutely smash it because it's everything rolled into one it's my arts degree and everything I'm passionate about in theatre and then it's all my experience in office work and giving back um, through like when I flew for New Zealand obviously that was like a very 
a job of constantly giving to people and this was all rolled into one so I was like this is the dream anyway an hour before the interview I was at my temp job um, working for government and my phone rang and I went into a little glass office and uh, took it and it was the manager the cabin crew manager um, at Air New Zealand and she was like D oh my god I'm sure you've heard the news I was like, no, what news? And she's like, you're coming home. You're coming home, Dee. Um, and that was her telling me that we were getting our jobs back as flight attendants. And so obviously this whole time for a year now, I've been on furlough, uh, which means unemployed essentially, but still employed, waiting for work to come back up. Uh, so the ability to go and move on if I wanted to, but also kind of hanging on waiting for a um, my job to come back and I burst into tears and was so overwhelmed and excited and emotional but also like holy shit I'm about to go into this interview for this dream job and now I've just been told that like the one thing I've been waiting for for eight nine months it has just happened um, I get to go back and fly like it's all I've wanted and then I had to go and do the interview and I, yeah, I came out of it shaking. Like, I, it just was such an emotional roller coaster. Adrenaline was pumping. And I got it. And I was so stoked that I did because obviously I was the right fit, which is really cool. And I said no to Air New Zealand. And it actually was really empowering. I was like, yeah, there was something. I obviously, like, I still miss it. It breaks my heart. Every time I see a plane go overhead, I still look at the sky. I can't help it. I can't help but think, oh, that's my friends up there. Oh, where are they going? Oh, to be up that high. Like, there's just, I can't really explain it. Those who know, they know. Um, it's another world up there. And I bloody loved it. And you will know that if you've been with me in this journey from the start, how freaking broken I was to lose that job. And now to be told that I could go back and do what I love with the family that I got split up from that I didn't even get to say goodbye to um I can go back and and do that and I was like yeah I but then to to have to do that in these times when COVID isn't dealt with it's still a very big problem and at any time I'm just another number they're just gonna say sorry we've got no flights put me back on furlough like I just didn't trust them anymore but I think it's fair to say that we like we can't trust anything um well we can we know what we can trust we can trust the people around us that we love we can trust that I mean I can trust that I will always have a roof over my head I'm very fortunate for that so there are things we can trust in but in the way of where am I going to end up in the next few months what's going to happen with our job what's going to happen with um, everyone's health what's going to happen with the vaccines what's going to happen with the economy like we just don't know and this is a new way of being for everyone I think is this constant uncertainty but had someone told me six months ago that I was going to end up here um, I wouldn't have believed them I wish I could go back eight months and say to my previous self um, like it's going to be okay I think I did tell myself that some days, but you'd never really know where you're going to end up, right? And it's like so weird that I've ended up here doing exactly what I want to be doing. Um, yeah, so I'm very, very, very grateful. I'm very freaking happy. Obviously, this job is in the arts and it still comes with its risks. If um, 
we go into another lockdown here in Wellington, um, then I could be out of a job. I could, um, yeah, if we lose all our funding and we lose all our revenue from shows because we can't put them on, then, yeah, who knows what's going to happen, really. Um, but that's the way for a lot of people and a lot of jobs and just with a, a lot of things in our life. And I think I I actually posted about this on my Instagram this morning about how I'm really grateful. I'm actually, I've settled into the uncertainty in a really good way. Um because the uncertainty is it's there, I'm very aware that at any time the rug could be pulled out from underneath us and we can go back into another lockdown. I also have that feeling of, okay, I've done it before, I can do it again. Then there's also the, like, we almost deserve it. We've been so lucky to have as much freedom as we have compared to the rest of the world. I feel a bit of guilt. Um, and there's also the part of me that's like, well, life has been crazy the last few months. I've done so freaking much. I've worked across three different jobs. I've gone on a summer holiday. I've been to weddings. I've been to parties. I've been to barbecues. I've, I haven't stopped. I've barely had a weekend off in, in three months. And I feel like I'm back at my old pace of my, my, what my life used to be like. And for that, I'm extremely grateful and trying to make the most of it. But I'm also a little bit tired. And I'm seeing tired people everywhere at the moment, like in and out of my trips of Wellington, it just is like everyone's back in the hustle and bustle and the grind. And it concerns me a little bit because I'm, I'm hoping that everyone's still taking stock, I guess, taking note that this is, we're lucky to have this pace at times, but also we need to know when to slow down. And I think the collective exhaustion I'm seeing at the moment as a result of everyone trying to catch up on the time that they feel they lost. Um, and anyone who's listening to this that's been a lockdown for eight months to a year I'm sorry I cannot I literally cannot imagine how you were feeling I my heart goes out to you eh? like I'm the fact that you're still chugging on you're killing it like I just cannot imagine what where my mental health would be how I'd be feeling if I hadn't had contact with other humans um because I just honestly think that's what we're wired for. We're hardwired for human connection. It doesn't make sense to not be together. And just like knowing that on top of all of that, there are people living in, in homes where they are being abused, um, in homes where they don't have enough food to put on the table, in homes that are cold, damp, leaking, leaking not even homes at all, not able to get a job, living on the street. Like, but When I think about the big picture, when I think about all of the suffering that's going on at the moment, the collective suffering, it's freaking huge. It's overwhelming to think of. And I, to be honest, in New Zealand, I do feel in a way we've been in a bit of a bubble, um, a little happy bubble. Um, yeah, and I just... I, I'm concerned at what this is going to mean for the future, for people's well-beings and people's outlooks on life and the way that we connect with each other. Um, and I'm not the only one. I think everyone's a bit concerned about this. So I think we just need to make sure that we're looking out for each other, even if we can't be there for each other physically, drop each other a message and just um, you know let people know that they're not alone. We'll carry on this chat in just another moment. So I just want to share a little bit with you about permission slips. 
so you know when we all went to school and you had to give a permission slip to say why you weren't going to be there um this is another Brene Brown tool which I love and it is about using permission slips to state intentions and hold self-acceptance so you can use these anywhere you can use these in your family with your friends you can use them at work um in your relationship and writing yourself a permission slip to be like I give myself permission to feel this way um especially if you're gonna if you're in a, a stage of rumbling you know of a stage of vulnerability um I just think we need to talk about this more and encourage it more because while um as a child like it's okay to cry and it's okay to feel certain ways um about things you obviously you grow up and I think at some point along the way you're taught that um that crying expressing your emotions talking about your real feelings as a woman made you hysterical and as a man made you weak and that's an ancient archaic belief and we know more than that now and we know that vulnerability actually takes a lot of courage and makes you stronger and it definitely allows you to connect with other people through a shared experience. Um, even if the experience is not the same, the feelings attached to the experience can be. Um, and it's important to acknowledge in each other that expressing those takes a lot of courage. And while it's not something that we can do all the time, um, it's like a muscle that you've got to exercise, right? And a lot of the time it's just easier to get in your own head and deal with things yourself. Um, but I always come back to the choosing courage over comfort saying um, because it's through that that we grow and we stretch and, and we allow other people um, to step in and help carry the load. Um, but it's, it, I think that's so important. And, and then what uh, comes in behind that, um, I guess, which allows you to do that is giving yourself permission to feel and giving yourself permission to share and talk with other people about it because a shared load it's a lighter load right like I literally feel lighter just from talking to you and I mean during my own journey in the past year I've, I've read a lot and listened a lot to um, different advice about pain about suffering about finding your own path um, and one really awesome podcast I listened to was uh, the Super Soul Conversation series with Oprah Winfrey, and she has on a guy called Father Richard Rohr, Rohr, R-O-H-R, which I will add into the notes of um, this podcast, so you can go and have a listen if you want. And so this episode and what he talks about is all about finding your true self, um, and I'm not really religious, uh, well I don't follow a religion but I'm spiritual so I tapped into this with an open heart and an open mind and he talked a lot about how, um, about oh, lots of really really cool stuff but how any form of suffering is how the self expands and that's how we grow and while we can't see that at the time um, I think sometimes it's a nice important reminder for ourselves if things are feeling hard that we know that we're being pushed to expand um, and and when you think oh okay what is suffering how do I know if I'm suffering I guess it's any time anything's out of our control sometimes even sitting at a red light <laughs> you know um, waiting for it to change um, but if you don't transform your suffering into something to learn from then you'll transmit it and that's what he talks about is, is the idea that this uh, your energy has an effect on everybody. Um, and often we don't realize 
the light that we bring into the room, the energy that we bring into a space. And um, the more aware you become of your own energy, the, uh, then you can start to be aware of other people's and realizing that behind a lot of people's actions, behind a lot of the dumb stuff that people do, is actually just pain. It's them transmitting their pain because they're not working through it, they're not dealing with it, and they're not sharing their load. So to anybody that is feeling like this is a hard week or a hard day, I hope there's been a little bit of light in this podcast for you. Um, and just remember, I think I'll, I'll close with a little Brene Brown quote because <laughs> you know how obsessed I am with her. Um and this is about being in the wilderness, the wilderness being those the, the hard space that we that we sometimes slip into, the grind, the, the suffering, um, our mental health when it's not well, a mental illness, uh, that is the wilderness. And Brene says, there will be times when standing alone will be too hard, too scary, and will doubt our ability to make our way through the uncertainty. And someone somewhere will always say, don't do it, you won't survive the wilderness. But that's when you dig deep in your wild heart and say, I am the wilderness. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. It gets me fired up. It gets me inspired. And it reminds me to go out and be my true self. And on the days that I'm feeling shit, just let people know. Um, you know, or just, just channel it and go, okay, this is a shit day. That's okay. Tomorrow might not be. Um and so yeah, sending everyone so much love, light and strength. I hope you've enjoyed listening today to my little journal series um, and you've taken something out of it. Um, I hope you too, if you're in a space um, of adjusting to this new weird world, that you're settling into this, the uncertainty. Uh, and if not, it's okay. You'll get there. We'll all get there. Uh, but here, Kaha, stay strong, stay kind to each other and to yourselves. And we'll talk very, very soon.